<laughs> hey! <Yeah>. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. That's good. Thank you. So, I've been wanting to talk to you. Well, that makes it sound like I don't want to talk to you unless we're going to do a podcast. <laughs> no, I totally get it. I get it. You've been wanting to talk about specifics for a while. I get that. There are a lot of my friends that are around my age that have really gotten into the resurgence of our childhood coming back to life in the last 10, 15 years, maybe. And of all of those friends, you're the one that seems to connect with it the most. Not just in terms of, well, I enjoyed this shit when I was a kid, so I enjoy it now. But an actual sentimental connection to it. I don't really have that at all. Oh, yeah? And that's why I wanted to talk to you about it. Because maybe at the end of it, you could help me get some of that back. Like find that connection? Because I I don't want to make myself like something that I don't actually like. And I'm okay with liking something when I was 10 that I don't still like at 40. But even stuff that I did like at 10, like Star Wars, that I do like at 40, I like the newer shit more. Like I like the sequels more than the original. There, you're, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're not a unique creature in that. Um, especially with something like Star Wars, man. Like the nostalgia that surrounds Star Wars. Uh, I think where you get some of that is a lot of what they call like those. Uh, God, what's the term? I can't think of the term right now. But like those, like true fans, or like those, like the fans that refuse to almost grow in a sense if that makes any sense to you you know what i mean because some people are just like no nah, man it's the originals or nothing and it's like but but what do you do when you come out of a generation or into a new one and then you want to continue something on like there's going to be advances there's going to be this and i think a disconnect for a lot of people is like the difference in technology even as polished as the originals have been redone like so many times worse every time you know i i think they fit a little bit more now like not necessarily with like added parts or things like that but as much as they've been scrubbed it's a little easier to believe that we're not too far apart in how they were filmed or like what kind of camera was used things like that but um i think that's part of the the big disconnect on like some real hardcore specific like nostalgia right almost uh, like like nostalgia elitists yes something like that and and the term for those star wars fans is is something along that like elitist isn't the word but it fits right in because it's almost like the bible in a way and it's like it's been that way forever you can't change it now you know and yeah and you're right because i completely disagree with that i don't necessarily like the changes they made but they also don't really bother me Mm -mm. like taking out old Anakin 
and, and replacing him with, uh, um, yeah, with uh, Hayden. Hayden Christensen. Yeah, I was like, all right, that's what I don't give a shit. This wasn't the important part of yeah. this movie. To and start at the with. same time, like that's what he looked like, or what he would have looked like when he died. I mean, yeah, so it's yeah. all to me. You know, I, I I get that, and I I was not one of those people that was like, oh, he totally ruined his original vision or anything like that. See, like for me, like my my nostalgia in that, like let's say with the new films, like the sequel films. When I left uh, The Force Awakens, like, I was super giddy. Like, I enjoyed every bit of it. Fuck yeah. And, see, for me, being a fan of all the original stuff, I really enjoyed a lot of, like, the callbacks. Like, it was almost, like, if you've ever seen the original Superman movies and then you've seen Superman Returns, like, it wasn't Brandon Ruth's fault that that movie was terrible. You know what I mean? Like, Brian Singer literally tried to write a love letter to Richard Donner and like basically make his first movie again in a way and he just failed miserably doing that right but see for me there's nostalgia in that to where i see how brandon ruth tried to portray christopher reeve's version of superman and not create his own you know uh so likewise in like the the new star wars movies i really liked all the callbacks like the little easter eggs like the things that tried to tie it to that first experience of meeting a brand new set of people yeah, that are going to come together and form this family, this bond. Like, it, it essentially was setting up all. It, it really is a brand new trilogy, and in some cases, it's hard to even consider it like part of the Skywalker saga because how much of Skywalker's not in those movies? You know what I mean? They did kind of fuck it up by twisting it back. Well, that, into the Skywalker shit, but yeah, I mean, and, and in my opinion too, switching up directors in the middle of a, tr- a trilogy is is weird, and you run the risk of throwing like the vibe and the flow off. It definitely, it definitely um, threw the vibe off. Because I mean, because he spent part of that third one, like kind of retconning some of the stuff that Ryan Johnson did, yeah, you know, to try to make it a little better. And then and another thing that like kind of whacks me out is the the scene where she faces Palpatine on her own after Ben's been tossed down the you know, chasm or whatever. There are fans that redid that scene and actually put the force ghost in. And like, it looks like, why didn't they do that? (laughs) It looked really good. But, uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think one of the reasons why like you probably identify me as somebody who's a bit more, uh, I guess tied in with nostalgia is just for me, it's so much more than seeing this old thing become new again. It's a lot of the memories tied into like what I was doing when I was playing with these toys. And that is where mine just disappears. I, how, how, like, do you care if I ask you how old you are? 38. I'll okay. be, I'll be 40 in November. See, I'm, I'm 40. I mean, 39. I'm sorry. I, I just turned 40. I feel 40. In, in January. So it's not like I'm having to remember way further back than you. Yeah, yeah. But. I don't have a fucking clue what it felt like to play with this shit. And I did. I had tons of He-Man figures. I had tons of G.I. Joe. I had tons of Transformers. Mm -hmm. I had tons of Ninja Turtles. And I had all the accessories. (laughs) I had all the, like, the big shit that came with it. And I played with it all the time. There must be somewhere. Some cool happy memory of me doing this but that part of my life just feels like a movie i've watched a lot 
So I know it really well. That makes well. sense. I definitely it understand. It doesn't that. feel like, oh, that was me. Like that was little Sean. And now watching this new Ninja Turtles cartoon is not connecting me to these childhood memories. I would say that is a popular issue and problem right now. A lot of Turtles fans kind of have a hard time grabbing on to like the current like Nickelodeon product. Um, I will give them a, a good thumbs up on the fact that they've begun to interweave the history and the past of it very much so. Uh, Nickelodeon's doing things with like NECA and other companies to put out like anniversary editions of some of those original toys. Um, really, really super dope articulated versions of like the movie figures. Like I caught a super shredder in the store the other day and I was checking, I was like, man, this is like ridiculously dope. If anything, it looks better than it did in the movie. You still collect toys uh, yeah, and shit? Yeah, I do. I do. And that's, I, I think that's another thing that like, nostalgia affects me with is sometimes it's hard to let go of those old habits and so like i've always gotten a big thrill out of the hunt whether it's comic books an action figure or some specific like man item that people are after and it's something i do like on the side too like i help people find stuff here and there um i've done the same thing where like when the first destiny game came out yeah I, it was either I think it was either Monster or Rockstar did like collector's edition cans, and I bought all the cans, like all the different logoed cans. I bought a bunch of fucking toys. <laughs> I bought like frameable maps of the different zones and shit. I, I collected all this shit, and then a year later, I didn't play the game anymore. I had all this Destiny shit. I didn't care about. Yeah. And I just sold it all on eBay and I was like, fuck it. Well, definitely don't take that as like a, like a negative detail in you trying to find the connection to this nostalgia because like I've experienced the same thing, even as like just locked into these things as I always have been. Um, I think one thing I definitely notice is like, let's say something does manage to disappear for a little while. Whenever it shows back up, it creates like an even bigger, oh man, look at this. Like, and for me, it's not just toys, like it's movies, TV shows, um, all kinds of different collectibles, even like food items, man. Like Doritos 3D came back out. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not the original. It tastes just like bugles, but I mean, it's cool that they tried to flip this idea, which I'm pretty sure it went away because a bunch of people started choking on the shit, but, uh. But they brought this back and I was like, man, that's nifty because the first thing I thought of was, you know, there's a little bit of a, a callback to like high school for me because that's when those things came out. And so I just happened to think how many kids were like six and seven, like when I was coming out of high school and they're now seeing Doritos 3D again right. and they're like childhood, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that that's, I think that's a really good example too of how things kind of grab people because it really... It's all about like where it takes you, like what it makes you feel. Would you say that you had a happy childhood? Like, does it link you to just playing with that shit as a kid, or does it <laughs> link you to it, just it, how cool your life was? It it links me to like those original feelings, like discovering something and becoming excited about it, and then 
the fact that it never really gets old to you. You know what I mean? Like for me, I envy that man. There was never a time when I was like, Oh, I'm too old for turtles or I'm too old for like He-Man or Thundercat. I mean, there's been probably one point in every like piece of my life where I've always made time for, let me see what I can find from the eighties and put on the TV. You know what I mean? Things like that. Like, like Alf makes me nostalgic. You know what I mean? (laughs) Things like that. Like it just like, like Alf, (laughs) the best, the best example there is, as soon as I see like Alf, I immediately think of being like barefoot in the living room on the hardwood, sitting on the floor, watching the TV. And behind me is like my grandma sitting in her chair. And like, we would always find just little things about whatever I was watching to like goof off about. And so she ended up buying me this like adult size, medium Alf shirt that like, if I put it on, it went like my ankles. And so like, that's what I slept in for years. Like when I was young. And so therein is like a really... I think that's a really good example of like where my memory and like where my heart and like where my feelings go whenever I see Alf, like a picture of Alf or somebody says like an Alf quote or. I envy that so much because Um, I mean, I, I watched Alf, but all I remember is that I watched it. I don't remember that I watched it with someone or I don't remember that while Alf was on, this was happening in the world and I don't necessarily have any sort of happy memories around any of it either. It's almost just like, yeah, I remember that I did that, but I don't remember anything else about it. And then I'll go and try to watch it and I'll be like, Oh, this sucks. (laughs) Like, you you said you don't feel like you've got too old. I I I play video games twelve hours a day sometimes. Yeah, I, I you still, know, I still I still so, game whenever I can too. So I it's mean, not me feeling like oh I'm too old. I got to put that behind me. I definitely it's, don't think that's what's holding you up. Someone out there could tell a turtle story, a transformer story to me at forty, where I'd be like oh that's awesome. But it just seems like they're just telling stories to ten year olds that. I already saw this shit five times growing up. And now you want me to watch the same thing at 40, but like I've moved on. Yeah. So, so I mean, I can identify with that in terms of like mood because there are definitely times where like, I can't turn on like Ninja Turtles or I can't turn this on because that's not like what my brain needs at the time. You know what I mean? I think a lot of that ties more into like where you are in the moment and like what's going to satisfy your brain like in that time um really i think like probably the like the main difference like as we talk about like you asked me about like my childhood and everything the the one thing i remember probably as far as like on the negative side is that like we were fairly poor you know what i mean um I was really lucky to get the stuff that I got, which might have a little something to do with like when I see it, I'm like, yeah, you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'd have the opposite, you know, like I, uh, I got plenty of stuff. So, I mean, when I say poor, like we never had like the best of everything. Like we were very much a, like a, like a, a store brand household. Um, but like my stuff would, would come like birthdays or like, you know, Christmas, stuff like that. It wasn't like, hey, I bought you an action figure today. Enjoy it. You know what I mean? 
So I, I had access, not full access, but I would definitely say that when they could go above and beyond for me, they would. And that's probably how I was able to get the different amount of things that I had and experience so many different uh, fandoms. But it probably gave you more of an appreciation for it. I would it. definitely say so. Um, because even now, I think knowing more about toys and things like that. So like when you go search, you're a little bit more picky about what you want to get first because you have a better idea of what's still going to be on the shelf next week versus what everybody's after. And so I think that was like the level up of that same appreciation because like I'm older and I have more of the means to get things that I want, like when I want them versus, you know, we got to wait till tax time or we got to wait till Christmas. Like you'll laugh, man. Like coming out of my early teens when most people let go of like cartoons and like certain TV and stuff, that's like when the Power Rangers hit. And like, I don't know what it was or why. I was going to ask you. I was all, I, dude, I'm a, I'm a, big Power Rangers fan like and it's weird so like right now like Hasbro's obtained that toy license from Bandai and they started like right at the end of 2019 with like this uh, lightning collection so it comes out in waves of four figures but everyone is from like different teams it's spread out like all over the place isn't it weird that Bandai went from Power Rangers to Dark Souls yeah like their, their business model is all over the place it always has been like, the, the couple things that you can always count on are going to be, like, certain anime figures, and then you're always going to be able to get Gundam model kits from Fanta. Right. And I was stuck on those for a while, too, man. Like, What what was your shit? Was Power Rangers, like, your... So, so as far as comic books go, like, DC is my shit. Yeah, like, man. I'm all about Superman and Batman. And, and because, again, <laughs> nostalgia kicks in because the Superman and Batman taught me how to read. So when I was a kid, the first two comics I ever got, I got it at the same time. Mom brought me an issue of Batman and an issue of Superman. How do you even remember that, man? Bro, because these were my first comics. Like, I, I, had, I had saw, like, kids collecting and, like, you know, me and my brother were into baseball cards and stuff. Yeah. I and so, like, you catch things from, like, other collectors and stuff. Like, when you find shops, like, you go to the beach on vacation and you find a baseball card shop. <laughs> baseball cards aren't the only shit in there. And so you start to experience these other things. And, like, I already loved, like, comic book characters because of, like, Super Friends on TV and just other little cartoons and stuff. And so she brought these home, and, like, I had been kind of wanting some comics because I never had any. Dude, I flipped through these two books, like, 40, 50 times a day so much that I finally began to pick up on, like, what the conversation was, like, what was going on. And so I was like sort of reading as I made my way like into kindergarten already, which is crazy. And uh, so by the time I was in first grade, man, like it, it was easy peasy. Like I, there's no problem. And it was all because of comic book heroes. And for the longest time, people would be like, oh, shut up. Like they wouldn't believe that story. <laughs> but like I still tell it today to make a point because people are like, what's so good about comics? I was like, what's not good about comics? Yeah. Like, have you ever read one? You know what I mean? Like. And then there's the price, every, the price isn't too good. Not these about. days, no. I mean, two ninety nine, three ninety nine for thirty two pages, and then half of it's ads. That uh, does DC have the subscription thing that Marvel has, like the Marvel Ultimate they, thing? Yeah, yeah. So and they shit the bed with it too, okay. because it came out as uh, DC Universe, so it was like super content. It was readable comics, just like Marvels, but beyond what Marvel had, you you could like watch. Most of the movies, most of the cartoons, like all the seasons in their entirety, 
like uh, Cartoon Network had something called like DC Showcase for a little bit that had all these really funny like comical shorts and like Play-Doh versions of the kid, all kind of stuff like that. And they put all that stuff on there. That's cool. So you had like comics, you had news, then you had like movies, TV, shorts, everything like that. And then like, oh, guess what? Fuck all that. It's going away. <laughs> we're going to charge you the same price that we've been charging you just for the comics part because we're going to send all the other shit to HBO Max. So I canceled that shit and I got HBO Max because like, I, I mean, there's if you really want to read a comic that you don't have, there's too many ways to be able to do it. It's probably on YouTube page by page and you just pause, read, pause. You know what I mean? So I, I bought the Marvel subscription for three months maybe. And I read like five comics. Was it like 10 bucks? Yeah. Yeah. See, see to me, that's more worth it. Especially if you are going to dedicate some time to actually read them digitally. I don't like to read no, comics that's, digitally no. at all. Like I, I hated it. It's Stan just, Lee said it the best. Comics are like a really nice pair of boobs. They're the best if they're in your hand. <laughs> so, and I feel the same way too because there's the experience in reading a comic is really in holding the book. And again, uh, something else that just ties into nostalgia because when I pick up books now, I find myself sometimes with the longing for those old cheesy multi-ads in the back where you got like oh save five upcs and send it in for this matchbox car you know what i mean like that stuff was a lot of fun and some of those elements make certain comics worth more nowadays too like uh the first appearance of wolverine in the hulk comics inside the back there's this marvel value stamp on one of the page that you could like cut out and they were good for things like what we're talking about so now it's a really big deal if you get a really nice copy and the value stamp isn't cut out. So, yeah, yeah. It's so it's just another another reason why those like things like that from you know seventies, eighties, and sixties, seventies, eighties, all that just just it just added to it. it I created the vibe and like the aura around some of that stuff. I remember when Heroes and Dragons was next door to Manifest in Boozer Shopping Center, and I remember when something else was on Park Lane by Columbia Mall. Uh, Do you... I remember the something being there. I cannot recall the name of it. Because there's been yeah. several that were around and kind of like disappeared. Because um, there used to be one on Divine Street back in the early 90s. I don't remember that one. Yeah, I never actually got to go. And then when I finally made it to like over in the area to go try and find it, like it had closed. That used to be something that I can actually remember going and doing and enjoying. So, how did comics, in general, not the comic books, but comics, get so fucking popular in the last five years? But the comic stores can't even fucking stay in business. So I would say I would say more like ten years because because when Marvel kicked off that universe was it, that ten years ago now? Yep, it's been ten years. Has man. it really? Ten years and I think twenty three uh, films. Yeah. If you count up to what they called the end of the Infinity Saga, which is technically the last Spider Man that came out, so Endgame technically isn't the end of the Infinity Saga. Spider Man is, but um. I would say that's when it really ramped up because we had we we had a really big surge of it, you know, like 
Spider-Man came out, X-Men came out, you know, Fox was really, you know, Fox, Sony, and a bunch of other places were really doing a bunch of stuff with superhero films, like, really trying to get it going. Um, and they were really popular, but because everyone was rushing to, like, this quote-unquote kind of goldmine in the movies, that's how we got a lot of flops, like that horrible Hulk movie, like Thomas Jane's Punisher would have been really well, great if the story was much better. You're saying that wasn't a good movie? It it, it could have been better, and it didn't was. it didn't do well. You know no, but saying? it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I'm one of the people that you won't have any trouble, which will prompt me to ask you: Have you seen Dirty Laundry? No. So check this out: Thomas Jane on his own got a couple of friends together, and they were like, he was like, "Look, man, I'm not done with the Punisher. Let's make a fan film." So Thomas Jane has like a 10-minute Punisher fan film out called Dirty Laundry. Ron Perlman is in it. I think I did watch it. Where he it beats was, the dude up for like, he was out there beating up the uh, prostitute. He like was, walks into the liquor store, he talks to Ron Perlman, and he's talking about like how he doesn't drink and he's just getting something regular to drink. But then before, he, like they're watching this crime happen in the street and he's got this look and Ron Perlman's like, you know, I was you in that doorway not too long ago. He's like... Makes no sense. He's like, all those tours I did in the sandbox, I come home, try to do one good thing, and it puts me in this chair. And so, like, he comes back to the counter, and he's like, let me get a handle of Jack. He's like, all right. Because he just got through telling him, like, I don't drink, man. It's all good. And so he walks across the street with this bottle of Jack, lets the bag fall off, and takes out a whole gang with a bottle of Jack Daniels. I've seen it. That, it, it's it's more Punisher in ten minutes than that whole movie was together, in my opinion. Did you like the Warzone movie? I did, I did. I mean, good. it was it it was a little more comical because of the oh, makeup yeah. on Jigsaw and the dude that gets shot by the bazooka jumping yeah, across the building. Yeah, but 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 <laughs> to awesome. me, what's great is is if you watch that and then you go and read a Punisher Warzone comic because that was actually a title of his for a while, right. Punisher Warzone. It's super splattery like that it's semi-gory it's almost over the top with like some of the kills and things like that yeah and so awesome. that's why that's why i enjoyed it and plus it's uh ray uh stevenson yeah and he's a he badass did, so i mean it, it was good to me but there were a lot of uh they call them what like box office flops you oh know yeah i mean there it were plenty do, of those it didn't do well and so in that time everybody was like oh there was an article, when's this fad going to die? When's it going to die out? And then Iron Man hit and it all took off like it never did before. Why do you think that and none it, of that transferred to people going and buying comics? Because of the digital platform. They just want I, I truly believe the digital platform made it easy for people who don't feel comfortable in a space like that. <laughs> To be what, do you, able, what do you mean? Well, here's the like. Think about it like this. Like <laughs> that sounds you know, that sounds awesome. Think about a certain age group, right? They're like, you're a fucking nerd. You're a loser. <laughs> right. You're this. Yeah. You're that. Yeah. That guy to protect that image is not going to go in his local comic shop. But funny enough, he's probably a fucking Teletubbies fan or something like that. And like he's got this whole collection that's safe in his room for his viewing that you're never going to see and demasculate him with. You know what I'm saying? You think that's a large percent I, of it? In a, in a certain age group, I do. Because, like, if it's not for you, it's not for you. And then if you portray a strong feeling about people that like those types of things, you're going to go a bit further to make sure that the people that see you as who you are aren't going to find you in that space. You can't be a hypocrite. You can't yeah, be calling you can, some you comic book you, fan a nerd and yeah, then go you, buy you comics. You can't be, like, Mac Daddy, like, jock, like, super asshole that runs the school 
and then I catch you on Wednesday evening when new comic books come out at the <laughs> right. comic book store and you're reading fucking My Little Pony because you're a closet brony. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's kind of the point I make. But it's not so much people not wanting to be seen there. It, I think if you were going to dedicate money to read something, how easy is it to spend 10 bucks to read as much as you can read versus $2.99, $3.99 an issue, and then you spend 10 bucks And like you said, you've only read three issues. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that, I think that is probably a lot to do with it. Not to mention, you have to think about the degree of people that don't want to read or don't want to dive into some new like habit. You know what I'm saying? They're like, look, if they're going to put it on the moving picture box for me, I'm just going to watch it instead of going and reading it. And I don't care if the book is better. I'm that person. You know what I mean? I never put comic books in that category. If you're going to tell me to read what the, the Hobbit, the, no, or, the, or see, or the, difference, the oh. difference in there is if you would like some context and some source material, you might enjoy this before you watch this, but none of these movies are verbatim or to the script of a story that exists ahead of it. So you, you're not going to get the same experience anyway. So if it's not that important to you, then you're going to be able to enjoy Marvel movies just as much as me, but not have the desire to go out and purchase the comic. Also, collectibles are expensive as fuck. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And most of the time you get about 25% of what you paid for. It, it's weird too. Cause some, some collectibles dude, they depreciate faster than a car after you drove it off the lot. Cause some insane. of them are just shit too. Like just the quality. Like, and at the same time, fandoms and collectibles and things that are, especially collectibles based on a specific fandom, it, it's it's almost dated in a way because like if it doesn't gain a big enough following and then carry on it's going to be a paperweight eventually you know what i mean like there's no resale value no trade value and a lot of people are like why would you buy something just to hope it becomes valuable like that's really not the way it goes down like if you collect something and then later you have like a bigger desire you're willing to let certain things go to continue your hobby or your, your hobbit and be happy with you said your hobbit yeah your hobbit because you're trying to, <laughs> like you you want to continue on with your hobby you know because you you want to be happy and fulfilled with the thrill of the hunt like i talked about that earlier like finding a piece that you've been looking for like even if it's something fairly new but because of like that's an, like like companies make shit less than other shit like on purpose now like well, you, yeah. can, you can take a group of figures and there's eight figures in there. There's two of everything, but then one of two other things making it harder to get by default. Or you do things like, Hey, we could make a shit ton of money off this. Why don't we make it and put it out? But instead they go, no, let's make 600 of them and then charge $159 a piece for them. So that next week they're $400 on eBay and the people that actually want them never get them. So that's one of the frustrating things about being a collector. And I'm one of those latter people. Even if you're buying like a blind box toy and you know the one you want has, you know, it's the one in 50 chance. It's still the same fucking toy as all the rest of them. Yep. It's just a different dude, maybe. They Sometimes still it's made the same exact toy, but it's just got an overcoat like yeah. it's all gold or something. It's There's crazy. still thousands of them out there. To me, I would rather buy the thing 
that might be more expensive, but that there's less of because it's cooler simply because there's not as many of them. You won't go to my friend's house and see this. Yeah. See, I I do love stuff like that, but I I do think that sometimes the guy that got paid to be like, this is the one that dude's an asshole. Um, yeah. And, and and like, what's a good example? So like, like take these power ranger figures. Like there's one that I was like trying to get a hold of, but because of the popularity of the character, most of what happens is the toys get put on the shelf. Somebody already knows around what time everything arrives. Oh yeah. So they go and buy every one of those. And so immediately like there's a demand created versus the supply that should be just fine because there's not a limitation on this specific character. However, it's the most popular Power Ranger of all time. And then, so they buy them all up and instead of going to the store and being able to purchase it for 20, they start to just go up depending on time. Like I, I managed to grab one for 40. So you've tried to buy any Jordans lately? Like the shoes? Yeah. So I want a pair of threes, right? But I don't like any of the colorways. But even the shittiest of colorways is like 250 bucks. Yeah. Like They're only 120 if you can find them in the store. But you can't fucking find them. Nope. At all. Same thing. People show up, buy like 10, 20 pairs, and then they roll out. And the store's yeah. not going to be like, you know, no, they're going to make that money. They don't you know care. I mean? 20, 20 pairs of shoes to one dude is the same as 20 pairs of shoes to 20 dudes. It makes no difference to the store. Mm-hmm. When I was at GameStop, we would have people that would come every day. Every day. What did you get on the truck today? Did you get any Hot Wheels? You know, sometimes we got Hot Wheels. No. Did you get any Pops? Yeah. What did you get? Did you get the glow-in-the-dark flocked Scooby-Doo? It's like, yeah. It's like, okay, I'll get it. And then they come back again tomorrow. And the next day, yeah. and the next every day, and that was their job. I've been having, well, not trouble with GameStop, but <laughs> well, GameStop's been having trouble. Well, yeah, well, the, but there's one of the like in Newberry. There's a GameStop right there beside that. Like literally, like my store is on Wilson Road, and adjacent to it on Main or Highway 76, whatever the hell it is. Um, there's like a big Walmart, and in that spread, they've got a GameStop, and so. I went in one day, there's one of these figures, right? And there was a two-pack, like you can only get at GameStop. Like there are some exclusives in right. the mix. And what's weird is I've been able to snatch those easier than some of the regular release figures. Nobody goes to GameStop anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why. But, the, but the, the thing is, is that these people I'm speaking about are the people that do still go to GameStop. Because like these people walked in the other day and they were like, do you have Pokemon cards? And I was like, fuck yeah, they got Pokemon cards. Wait. And I look over and it's empty. All these pegs, zero Pokemon cards, right? Because there was a new shit coming on Friday. I was like, won't you just go next door to Walmart? And they were like, yeah, they're out too. I was like, I've never been to a Walmart who didn't have any Pokemon cards left on the aisle next to self-checkout. What's going I walked on? over there, empty. So it's it was everybody buying up the last bit of the last phase before this new one dropped on like Friday. This is like a week or two ago. And so I was like, that's weird. Y'all can't find any. I was like, if you're willing to drive, I can promise you the one like in West Columbia or like in Lexington will have plenty. I mean, maybe it's because we're out here in fucking Mayberry and like, (laughs) you know, Barney caught a scoop. Like, hey, I can go scoop these up and resell them for $6 a pack. What's your favorite Marvel character? My favorite Marvel character? Yeah. 
Oh, you got to think about it. Like, it's hard to pick a favorite. Top three? Like, in anything. Um, Marvel-wise, top three. Like, I'm, I've always been a huge Thor fan. The movie's actually added to that, believe it or not. Um, okay, stick to favorite Marvel character in the books. In the books. All right. Uh, still, Thor's probably okay. one of those. Um, definitely Spider-Man, as far as, as far as reading the books. And then... It's kind of hard to pick like out of a lot of other ones because sometimes it's easier to pick a group because so many people come in an ensemble and not really. Uh, you can pick a group. I'm not that. Picky. I'll probably go with like X Men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, it was. It it's was very, one of the. It's a very '80s answer. Yeah, I mean, and and honestly, like growing like going into the '90s, we get that really amazing Fox cartoon. Yeah. That I that that good. in I in my opinion, and a lot of people have agreed with me is on the same level of like that's that's the gold standard as like Batman the animated series because they literally took like Chris Claremont's series of books and made it a cartoon with minuscule changes so that you could show it to a kid cuz like you really couldn't show a kid watching Fox cartoons the actual days of future past but like they made that like a two or three episode arc like in the cartoon they included characters that I love, like Cable. I mean, when you get into like Apocalypse and some of the really obscure, like B team, like mutants and stuff that show up on that cartoon, like from time to time, that was a big part of it for me too. Because there's there's people that you like along the way that aren't like super popular, and then when they get some play, you're like, hell yeah, you know what I mean? Like DC's done it in a bunch of their like most recent animations. Uh, it's probably semi-racially motivated, but they've definitely made a lot more room for characters like Black Lightning, uh, Vixen, um, just people that you don't see all the time. Like, you didn't see Plastic Man a lot for a long time, and he's in those. I don't like, even know who that is. It's basically DC's version of Mr. Fantastic. Same right. exact stretchy power set. There's actually two of them. DC has two. They've got Plastic Man and Elongated Man. They don't need either one. Well, the the cool thing is, is like the elongated man, Ralph, he and his wife are like kind of pillars in a certain like generation of DC comics because they both like Sue was murdered um, by a crazy uh, spouse of one of the other heroes who just wanted attention. Um, and then Ralph, uh, Ralph ended up dying during the 52, but uh, like they were almost like the heart in a way like you could always count on ralph and sue you know what i mean so that's where he, ralph, ralph and sue yeah so that that's where he really means a lot to things i think so like like even when barry came back from the dead and like it was like 2006 or something like that because barry allen had been dead for like 15 years since like 85 um like when he came back like one of the first questions he asked he's like what's up with ralph and sue and like they had to tell him like ralph and sue ain't alive no more man you missed that so so it's it's for me a lot of when I enjoy characters and why I think it has a lot to do with how I can relate to specific storylines or specific stories that really stand out to me for different reasons. And Whether, that's why Spider-Man's so popular with our age group. It is because he was bitten by a radioactive spider, so like if we lived in that kind of world like he's almost like an everyman character like any 15 year old kid like yeah. with the idea of being a hero can absolutely relate to spider-man and even more so if you're an orphan or you live with your grandparents things like that so 
Do you live with your grandparents? I had a grandparent live with me, right. but I've always, I always had both parents, and they're still together today. Oh shit! So, congratulations. Yeah, I, I've, I'm pretty sure I'm like my only friend whose parents are still <laughs> together. Although my dad is starting to lose his mind a little bit, like he's getting a little crazy, and uh, so sometimes he, he thinks that my mom isn't like. It's weird. Like sometimes she's like, "You've been cheating on me," and she's like, "Fucking when? Like, <laughs> like what are you talking about?" Like, so. It happens. He's got something going on, and we haven't really identified like what it is yet. But again, super fortunate. My parents were always together. Um, I lived in what do they call it? Shit like a like a nuclear yeah, family a nuclear or family. some shit. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Which like the standard. Are we going to explode? Why are we nuclear? If you had to pick one, has to get wiped off existence. Oh, man, I hate these questions. <laughs> the X Men cartoon or the Transformers cartoon? Oh man, you fucking bastard! <laughs> uh, I I have n- no nostalgia for the Transformers. When those movies came out, I I watched some of them. Transformers I, are definitely probably lower on like my like yeah love list. You know what I'm saying? But I, that cartoon I, was the, awesome. Yes. Yes, that one and the GI Joe cartoon. That was good like, too. Uh, and the movie versions of both were the best because like that's. That was the first time I remember truly feeling sad, man. Like, fuck, man, Optimus is dead. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, that's a big thing if you're a kid, you know? Like, seeing a character die like that. That's, like, one of our, like, our generations. Like, one of our first experiences with, like, death in, like, a story. Because at that point in our lives, like, we're not reading fucking Shakespeare or anything yet. You know what I mean? Like, does it piss you off in the comics when they put out all these press releases and they hype this shit up somebody's dying and they kill him off and then six months later so death in comics is not sacred anymore the most noble death in all of comics history to me will always be barry allen in crisis on on infinite earth i talked about him like a few minutes ago but not aunt may no fuck fuck if i want apple pie you know no but uh no i'm just joking man i love aunt may but um but but that's the that's one of the most noble comic book deaths to me. And not only did he die for a true like he saved an entire world essentially. Like he ran himself out of existence to protect part of the multiverse. So like billions of like living people and things like lived because he gave it all up in a moment. You know? So DC fucks with the multiverse too. Yeah, DC DC is like the multiverse like they were doing the multiverse thing and like a lot of their successes really good story a lot of it's tied into some kind of angle to the multiverse or someone from a flip like recently the dark knight's metal thing is all about versions of bruce wayne that became evil because they're from the negative side of the multiverse so it's not only is there like these 52 or like infinite number of like earths there's a flip side to each one and each one yeah. has like a dark version of like what we have on this side of it so you end up with like an evil joker batman like a batman that killed the flash and like kidnapped the speed force do you ever feel like that shit is just a cop out or do so you like it because you were, you were it talking opens. about like ramping up to the death so like bringing up the barry allen thing and him being the most noble again like he stayed dead for like 15 years like it mattered that's good 15 years it mattered and then when jeff johns decided to bring him back 
like he had a very good reason to do it. It was part of a setup that brought the whole DC universe together. And this static event was called Blackest Night. That static event had a tie-in issue to like every single title that was being run. So like it, it pulled in everything. So you had the core story, Blackest Night. You had the second most involved part of it that was tied into like Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps. And then every other book had a tie-in issue. And then they created six other three-issue series to support it as well. And so that had meaning. I, I, I'm not real big on when they ramp it up. Like the last one that I bought into was probably six or seven years ago. And it was a storyline called Three about Fantastic Four because someone was going to die. Didn't tell you who. Didn't tell you how, but at the end of this storyline, there would only be three, meaning they couldn't be the Fantastic Four anymore. Where do we go from here? So it was Johnny Storm who died. Bro wasn't even gone six months, man. Like At least it didn't feel like it. And then in the end, it was like, oh, I didn't even die. I've just been in here kicking ass the whole time. And so it was like, why did you, like, you know what I mean? There was like a fucking tombstone and everything. Like Spider-Man joined the team. They changed their name to Future Foundation. Like, the kids even got suits in this one. Like, every it just went nuts. I mean, and then it was, like, issue, like, something. It was, like, some Hallmark issue, and it was, like, guess who's not dead? And I was, like, man, fuck y'all, dude. And I, like, just, I was so pissed. I bought the issue anyway because it tied into the thing that I already had. And then I was, like, fuck this. And I didn't, I didn't buy any more. That was one of the reasons why I got pissed at Marvel for a while because they do that shit all the time. They do it more often than, like, other books do. The, like, they'll be, like, oh, this person's going to die. Like, when Spider-Man died in the Ultimate Universe, like, they ramped the shit out of that. It was good. Like, it was good, and he stayed dead for a while because that's how they brought in Miles. Right. And so, like, Peter did eventually come back, but it was a good many years later, so... The way they did it and Spider-Verse movie was fucking awesome. So, part of that is a direct... Um, it comes off of a story called Spider-Man, it was cool to see that translated, and I enjoyed the hell out of that, and I'm so glad they're going to make another one. Yeah, that shit was awesome. It was good. That's my favorite comic book movie. I remember we went, what was the last Avengers, Endgame? Yep. We went to see that. Yeah. Yeah, you, you remember? Us. I do. <laughs> and I was kind of like, yeah, whatever, I'll All go. All this COVID's deleted my sure. movie memories, you know what I'm saying? Because it's been so long since I've been to the theater, and like I thought about going for Kong vs. Godzilla. But uh, me and my brother-in-law, because I got HBO Max, and yeah, that's part of that it's right there. Yeah. huge stream where you get those for 30 days as soon as they yeah. drop. And what beats Disney is you don't have to pay an extra premium price for it. 30 bucks. Yeah, that's in addition to your subscription, yeah. Yeah. which makes no sense. I mean, it does if you break it down. because If you're going to take your wife and your three kids to the movies, you're going to spend way more than 30 bucks. Yeah, and that's the idea. You spend the 30 bucks on one shot, and then you can watch it as much as you want. and all like You can be naked, or you can be wearing whatever the fuck you want to wear, right. or you can throw popcorn across the living room if you want to. You know what I mean? So I get the appeal, but if I'm going to spend $30 to watch a movie... I want overpriced popcorn. I want to have yeah. to cram my ass in between two people I might not know and watch it on the big screen because that's what I've been doing since the 80s, man. You know, The shit was packed. 
and we're talking about nostalgia. That's that's another thing. Like the whole, even though midnight movies weren't really a thing when I was a kid, walking around the corner of the building was yeah. And you you bring up Star Wars. Like I, I think about how many of those I went to either a midnight release or after the Dark Knight Massacre an early evening Thursday release because that's how it changed. It went from movies on Friday at midnight to Sometimes somebody will have a midnight showing on Thursday. I'm sorry, midnight on Thursday. Somebody yeah, yeah. Sometimes somebody has a midnight showing on Thursday, but most often they start around 6, 6.30, yeah. and they run all the way through the evening on Thursday, the day before they come out now, which I'm okay with because, I mean, now I'm older and I have a kid, and it's easier to do that stuff, still have that fun, and not feel like you missed anything. Like the actual fact that it's midnight didn't ruin anything for no, me because the same the people – the same people lining up at midnight are the same people lining up at six on Thursday now. But so that experience is still the same. Well, it's just earlier in the evening. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you on that. Yeah? Because I got fucking dressed up for... Not as many people dress up in the evening. <laughs> what was the last... The something... The Return of Skywalker. Yeah, what yeah, the yeah. fuck was the last The Rise of Skywalker. Okay, right. Okay. I messaged all my friends who wants tickets. Ended up buying 20 tickets for this fucking movie. And it was like 7.30 was the showing. I'm telling everybody, we got to get there at like noon. We got to get there hours early. We're going to sit outside. We're going to be first in line. We're going to hang out. There's going to be all kinds of people here. I bought donuts and cookies and I brought a fucking big ass cooler full of drinks and then, like, my friends showed up, and then nobody else till like, 630. <laughs> That's crazy. And I was like, that was a moment where I had some teenager nostalgia, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Not from Kid Kid, but, like, waiting for episode one. Yeah, or, so I, I will agree with you there. I mean... Nobody. Like, the... like. The core part of the experience like kind of remains the same for me, but that is one of the things that's a lot different. Um, a, I think people that you have people that are cool with cosplay and you have people that want to do it, but are like, I don't know, man, I feel like I'll like we we're talking about earlier. I feel like I look like a nerd. Well, or you like do. Something weird, you, you know totally look like a nerd. So those people are more apt to dress up at midnight because like, a, it's going to be less easy for anyone to immediately identify you. You know what I mean? And you can get away with that little bit of a, you know, who you are without giving it away. Um, but a, a big part of why that experience didn't pan out, I think the way you were planning is because instead of one or two screens at midnight, they have four or five throughout that 6 PM on through like 11 something that they're playing. Instead so, of the one showing so the urgency yeah. isn't there. People know that they can still get a fairly decent seat at whatever time. How lame is that? How I, lame is that? That you're the self-proclaimed biggest Avengers fan, biggest Star Wars fan, Harry Potter, whatever you want it to be. I love me some Harry Potter too, man. And you're okay going to the 9.30 showing instead of the 7.30? You're okay not being the first person to see it? Like, no. Then you're not the biggest fan. Mm -mm. I waited all day and I expected this line to go around the building, down the street, down the next street like it used to do but instead there were like 
a total of like 20 people there when they let us in. You know, some of the theaters too have even more of a capacity than they had like when the prequel movies were coming out. You know what yeah, I mean? There could be. Now you have these like 14 screen theaters when we used to get like and then Three. some of them have leather recliners and you can kick your feet up and like no one ever touches you the entire night, which I'm okay with that, especially if I've had a rough day at work. But uh, but like I said, I'm totally fine with having to cram in somewhere after standing in line it's for a couple hours. It's part of the hours. experience. It is, man. Just then, like going to GameStop at midnight for a to game. pick up a game. That shit doesn't even exist anymore. Mm-mm. They don't even do it anymore. There was fun in the excitement of that and people just give it up to sit at home on their couch and download the shit i still like i'm i'm kind of in between uh like some stuff i go out and i still get like a hard copy of other stuff i'm like you know i don't really need like to book or anything so i'll just get it digitally but i mean there's really no more midnight releases anyway of anything And so now it's way easier for me to give in to go, I'll just download it on here. Sometimes it's hard to miss something when like it just doesn't exist. Like it's easier to be okay with it not being there because you're like, well, it's not like I could go out and buy it. So like it's easier to come to terms with I'm not going to have one of those things or something like that. You know what I mean? Shit, I got, I got the opposite problem. I have the nostalgia for that shit because I can't do it. So maybe if I wanted to go on eBay and buy me some old G.I. Joes or some Ninja Turtles and sit around and like clank them together and be like, you know, sometimes it's not even the clanking together. It's like, how can I stand these up to where it just looks dope? And then somebody's going to come in my room and be like, bro, Ninja Turtles. (laughs) But we could do that. Yeah. We could not go wait in line for a midnight release. Unless we bought like the Big Mo or a movie theater or something and then started playing our own movies. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Create it for yourself. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like and that and you gotta think how many things do we have now that that's how that happened because somebody said, I got the money to fucking do this, it'll catch on, let's do it. Cause drive drive in movie theaters were not a thing for a long time, but there exists one I think it's in Orangeburg. I think that's where the Big Mo is. We have two of them out in Colorado. You know, and so that thing, like those things are making more appearances and like are a bit more prominent. And I think another thing too is that even as disassociated with like reality as like we as a people are becoming because of like the digital age and how easily accessible things are, I think on the same token, what will kind of come back just like some of the resurgence of everything old that's new is maybe certain activities or certain uh like you know places that you go buy stuff or services that you go get that are tailored more to how like it used to be because people are beginning to feel numb to like existence like you know if every day you don't have to walk outside to get anything why the fuck would you ever walk outside again you know what i mean and i'm that person like so, if I don't have to be around a bunch of people I don't know. Oh yeah, I, I, I don't I, want. I, to. I definitely go back and forth between intro, introvert and extrovert. Like it, it's really all about kind of what suits me and like where my head is. Like I, I deal with mental shit like all the time, and 
you know, everybody has their own ways to deal with that kind of shit. But like, I, I, I kind of have a way of forcing myself out because like, I know I need to work. I know I need to do this. And somehow I always end up in a fucking job where I got to talk to people. I would say like when I was able to start growing the beard again, like when I have the option and I'm able to, I prefer to go to a classic barber that's still using a straight razor and like hot soap and a hot towel and a cold right. towel and all that stuff. Like it's a much better experience. And it feels more like a time when people actually had to look at each other See, to speak to one another. You you live on nostalgia. I, I even, guess I do. Even the way you want to get your hair cut. Yeah, you know. You I could think, go to sports clips. You could spend twenty dollars on a plug-in and get like a razor semi, yeah, like just, a semi massage or like a like the, how they have hot towels and stuff, but. The service isn't the same. Like one of the places I like to go, like you go in, they sit you down. There's like a fucking man cave, bro. They bring you a beer and like when it's your turn, you go through, you know, all the steps and everything. It's it's amazing. It's like someone has nothing better to do than to like care for the service that you came for in that moment. There's like no interruption. Nothing exists but you, but there's this tangible real person you're receiving a service from instead of like Versus if I, you know, like you said, like if I ordered a pair of clippers offline. Right. And then I'm standing there looking at my ugly ass in the mirror. Well, <laughs> can you talk about Starbucks? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can. I can talk about it. I mean, if there's, if for some I mean, reason. I don't, I don't think I'm going to ask you company yeah, traits. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, I don't anything. think there's anything you can ask me like that. How does you run your own store? Yep. You're, I am in a store manager capacity because all of the retail locations are uh, company owned. So there's no franchises like how I used to own a Sonic. You owned a Sonic. Yep. Yeah, but but, I, you but this, still, this Starbucks is, I am, I'm the store manager. Right. Like, like I was steward of it basically. at GameStop. Yep. Yep. At GameStop, I ran the store, but I had a boss that yep. ran multiple stores. That's how, that's the same situation. So my district manager is, he manages what we call district 3132. Oh, you're going to get, and I think the there's like detail. nine or so stores right. in that district overall. So, but at Sonic you even though you owned that franchise, that store, mm -hmm. you still had to report to an overlord. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's one thing that, that I think people, you know, even though it doesn't really tie into everything that we were talking about, one thing I'll definitely share so people know, like if you ever get the idea, like, oh, let's go get a Chick-fil-A or like, let's go get a fucking Sonic. Like, let's Not do to that. eat, you mean. You know, to yeah, open. like to actually open and run one. <laughs> right, like, right. Let's go open one of these things, right? What, what you need to understand is, yes, you're the owner, but you don't own shit. No. Like you own percentages and portions. No one owns like this, this building, this Sonic, like this is just mine. So everything that comes in and out of here like comes back to me because I'm where the buck stops. Like that wasn't how it was. Like I even got, so at Sonic, it was like, I, I owned a portion of it. And so I got that portion of all the profits, right? Like that. Then there was an additional portion from that same money pool, which technically made me own a larger portion, but that was a bonus based portion. Literally, you just need to have a fucking pulse show up and do your job and you're not going to lose that bonus. Then apart from that, there was a base salary. Starbucks better? Uh, so I definitely took a pay cut to oh, go okay. to Starbucks. You did. you did, okay. I went to Starbucks seeking work-life balance, not the same type of ownership. So I went into that situation very much willing and knowing that I wasn't going to make the same money anymore. You still have 
an assistant manager at Starbucks that helps you out. I have uh, shift super uh, shift supervisors is what they call okay. them. Okay, but I don't have an assistant store manager, which would be the equivalent to the right hand that I had when I had my store. They don't. That doesn't exist at a Starbucks. Or? It it does, but not every store has them. Depending on, I'm still it. trying to figure out how the fuck you get one. <laughs> Because I can it's certainly probably use based one. On, your, <laughs> on your total sales or something. So I right? brought that up the other day, and they were like, "No, that's not how we measure that." I was like, "Okay, I figured you probably would have expanded a little further and told me how I can fucking get one, but I'll just keep moving forward until you're like, "Hey, we're gonna put an ASM here." Okay. So, it's uh, it's weird. Starbucks is a very different beast. Um, do you in, have? Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, in terms of other places that I've worked in my life. I've never been anywhere that tries to ingrain the idea of total acceptance, inclusion, and like respect in like every aspect of the training. So the one of the biggest things and like hopefully nobody hears me say this, I'm gonna risk it anyway. One of my opinions about our company right now, especially because of the climate of the times, sometimes it feels like we're stuck on the political side and we forget that we're a coffee company. Right. But um I think most people would say that they feel that way. The Starbucks. the level of partner care, the benefits, the perks, like some of that stuff is like so far out there that you almost feel like you're stealing something in a way. I would definitely say that a lot of that stuff made up for a portion of the money that I don't make anymore. Because I, I, I now have a 401k that I never had before I came to Starbucks. And in just a couple of years... I, the, the the money that's in my 401k, I would have never been able to like save anything close to that. And it's because they got a great match program. And then, I mean, like when COVID hit, bro, it was like, hey, if you're coming to work, we appreciate you. But if you're too scared, just stay home and we'll fucking pay you anyway. Yeah. And maybe. they did that shit. Like, I mean, I didn't stay home because I'm like, man, I got shit to do. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying. So some of my partners stayed home. Got paid anyway for a certain amount of time. After the first like month, those of you that were coming to work got paid an extra three dollars an hour on top of your your stuff. Oh, and then us as cool. store managers, we got like a, a a different bonus, like based on it was called a service bonus essentially. But um, so Starbucks they, they did great stuff to take care of you. They're not full of shit. No man, it it. Like the stuff you see in the media about like we're we're like anti-racist and like we have room for everybody. Like they call the cafe and the inside the third space. We're trained immediately that people from all walks of life, any color, belief, anything like you have a space in our store as as long as you're respectful. And like, you know, you don't do crazy shit like people do to get kicked out of restaurants anyway. Is to get kicked out of. A normal restaurant. You got to be making a pretty substantial, right? Like, you got to really know, interruption causing some shit. Do you have a different set of rules for how you could? There is a there is a lot of like ways they try to help you de-escalate the situation before having to land on you need to get out. Like we literally try to give you every opportunity to like chill out, calm down whatever's bothering you table it you know so that you can sit and still enjoy the use of our space is the ceiling for acceptable behavior lower because starbucks is so focused on acceptance in personal situations that i've been privy to witness 
sometimes it seems like they're a little overboard with going, is there no way we could have facilitated for this customer? So they're, they're getting better though, because before some of us had a fear that if we try, you know, doing certain things to protect ourselves or get people out of the business that don't need to be inside the business, it's like, they're going to be like, well, come on, you know, we, we really got to make space. Everyone is welcome, but you can't always be like that. If you have this hard, like this tangible piece of training that right. I can flip to a page and show you what it says. Like, how can you tell me different than it's right here? You know what I mean? That's and the, that was a worry for a little while, but I've really seen them kick some of that mentality out. So like good example, uh, at one of the, at the broad river store, somebody was just being belligerent in the drive-thru to be a jerk. And as they pulled away the $6 drink, they just bought, they flung it against the side of the building and like cussed at the employees. So immediately the district manager was like, we need to get whatever info we can. Like if we got license plate on a camera or anything, or if we know his name, I don't want him back at that store ever again. Like that's the, not the type of harassment anyone needs to go through and this and that. So I've seen them that's take just some a, steps. That's just leave. a normal day at Sonic, right? Oh yeah, dude. I mean, people <laughs> write their name and shit on the wall in the bathroom at Sonic. Like it's crazy. <laughs> I can't tell you some of this. I mean, I can tell you a million stories about Sonic. Hell, we can get together another time and like record a whole conversation about that. Like, it's like I never met Davida, but I know what she's capable of. <laughs> Is it ever confusing for you personally? Because it is for me that we, but coming from the Starbucks conversation, are pushing this, we'll just say Starbucks is pushing this, hey, everybody's welcome. We got to accept everybody. But if you're an asshole, we're not accepting of you. But being an asshole is a part of what makes you who you are. Indeed. Just like your sexual preference or... So I have let many an asshole remain either in my cafe <laughs> or in, you know, like a service area of like my store when I had my Sonic. You know, whether it was patio or like just, you know, doing weird shit with their car out there in a stall or something like that. <laughs> Changing their oil. But again, like to kind of, to kind of, yeah, to kind of go back to what I was saying, like where we really do try everything before, like we decide we need to tell you to leave. Like I've almost gotten to that point with someone and been able to make them realize like, yes, like without saying it, like, Hey man, if an asshole is who you are, I get that. But you can sit here and be a calm asshole. You know what I mean? Like right. you can be like an asshole in your own space. Like, I don't know too many assholes that are kind of like, I must infect you with my asshole. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not really out to, like, fuck up other people's day. They just don't want you to do anything to fuck up their day. Because that's what brings out the inner asshole. Which is, which is a completely fair way to feel. Yeah. Like, and see, here, and here's the thing. In, in moments where I've had to ask people to leave, normally it's because they begin to speak belligerently or, like, vulgar to like my people or myself i always tell them I'm like, look bro here's what you need to know you're human so you're allowed to feel any way that you want to feel or feel in the moment however you're not allowed to talk to me like that so i need you to get out so you can either leave upon my request or i can do what i need to do to have you removed it's all up to you 
So, I mean, that's that's some of the way I've kind of brought it to people who are way beyond that point of, I can promise you that at this point, he's not going to tell my manager that I said, you can either go out or I'll put you out. Right. You know what I mean? Because you've already said shit, damn, and fuck however many times, scared the old lady at the end of the counter, and I'm pretty sure one of my partners is probably in the back crying. So... <laughs> you get a lot of weird... Newberry people. Newberry is fucking fucked, bro. It is I like I know. It's like if you took Mayberry and got it as far as like maybe 1989, and then just stopped, and just fucking stopped. The internet, like I swear, everybody's internet in Newberry is all coming off the same fucking Ethernet cable. Like it's, it's, it's like an Ethernet split. cable, and then like a, a, a like a 600, 700 person fucking splitter. And then somewhere out there, there's a couple more of those that spread it even further out. Like, we literally just had to, had to have them come in, give us, like, a whole nother modem, and, like, gear it up even more so that we could keep doing, like, what we need to do technology-wise on a daily basis. Um, it's either college kids, high school kids, or you're old as fuck. I don't know where everybody's parents are. You oh, you, you don't get a lot of, like, gun toters? I have no... No, oh. no, I don't see a lot of guns. I mean, I know they're out there. You know what I mean? But yeah. nobody's really come in. I've seen more people that are like, fuck wearing a mask than I have yeah. carrying a well, gun. Aren't you know they the I same mean? people? Essentially, yeah. You know what I mean? They, they are. They, I mean, there's no reason to sugarcoat it. We're, we're an open carry state in Colorado. We're on the way to that, I believe. You can walk anywhere you want with as many guns as you want strapped anywhere you want them. And no one can tell you that you can't come into their store. How many dispensaries or let me ask you this in Colorado, if you were to go every other, this many buildings, five, every fifth building is like a dispensary. Every five blocks. Like I've seen a bunch of like dispensary tours and like what you can expect and stuff it's like that. Cause like, I mean, there's something in the news about legal weed like every other day. I don't see the point anymore. That every state's not just like fuck it. And I used to always get really angry because, like, I, I'm a believer. Like, it's 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 no different than like what we do with beer. You know what I mean? If you think about it, like, like beer and liquor, like, can get you mad fucked up, and they impair your vision way worse. Impair everything like way worse, right? Pros or cons of it. It doesn't even fucking matter. Just legalize it. Yeah, you're it. like, it, I mean, it's just one of those things that's stupid that we're still having so much debate and attention. I mean, and while you're at it, go ahead and legalize the rest of it, too. Yeah. Who the fuck cares? If someone wants it. They're going to find a way to They're going to buy it, whether it's legal or not. And Colorado is making so much money. I would say I'm also an advocate for using psychedelics for mental health. Is that, that a is that a thing that people do? It is yeah. a thing, yeah. How are you gonna make a fucking mushroom illegal anyway? Yeah, see that shit don't make sense to me. It grows out of the ground. Like absolutely nothing is done to mushrooms unless you drop acid on the fucking mushroom. Especially when you're that type of person and you have your mind made up and never has there ever been someone that could influence you into thinking or even humoring the idea of the other side of the view. You know what I mean? So if you're that person, like you're never gonna change short some random, unique, life altering moment right. that makes you go, Oh shit, this and is who I've been for years. And then if you do have one of those life altering moments, 
everyone that knows that you had it is going to use you as, a, as an example mm. of, oh, yeah, well, my friend used to be anti-gun, but then his wife got raped, and now he carries a gun everywhere. So, so it's, there's, it's like there's no joy or like natural like growth or just living or anything inside of deciding that you feel a different way about something. Someone's always going to be like, well, weren't you the guy that used to always be like, you know, yeah, like, man, but, you, but can I not grow up? Can I not change? Like if you're away and then you change to look at something a different way, people will shit on you for changing it's viewpoint. one of the most fucked up things in the world too, because like you, apart from you, like I got up out of my comfort zone and I went here and I experienced this. And because I experienced this and saw this firsthand, this is how I now feel about it because I was there and I lived it. I didn't just read about it or see it on TV. And like you who's still in the same place and refuses to like experience this or learn new things. How could you take that away from me? When you have no fucking clue what you're talking about. You're fucked either way. Yep. So damned if you because, do, damned if you because don't. Because you could stay the same forever and then just be the same forever and never open your mind up to someone else's viewpoint that you wouldn't have, you don't have to agree with it, but you could listen to it yeah, and like maybe a, pull some information from it. Great example. Imagine if somebody had helped Dahmer realize that he could become the same level of full eating cheeseburgers <laughs> as he did humans. <laughs> And some of the shit that we cook probably tastes better than what he was making on his stove at home. So, Would you eat somebody? That's a weird, like, I've never really sat and thought about that question. Like, if they're, like, let's say there's something where, like, people literally sign up and they're like, when I die, you can use my meat for people that want to know what it's like to eat a human. Just from the moral, like, let's say there's a that's restaurant. Where, that's where I get hung up. It's like, I just don't know if I can eat a person. You know what I mean? Okay. I, I just... Like, I, I could probably be, like, coaxed into it just based on the, like, hey, you could, you could say that you've tasted human. Yeah. And and I think probably somewhere in that conversation, the fact that I didn't harm anyone, I didn't kill anyone, this person wasn't hunted for his, like, back fat. Like, you no. know what I'm saying? Like, he was, he was raised on, like, a human farm yeah. specifically to be served as meat. Well, shit. That's, see, that's weird. I would then have I, – I would, I would then say – I wonder how I got to this point in humanity True. and then being like, hey, fuck it. I mean, at one point I just decided we can grow motherfuckers and eat them if we want to. Like, what do they know? They're, like, all, they're all clones. Yeah. They're, they're just so they're like, not. all they've been doing is standing out there eating grass this whole time. <laughs> he don't fucking know he's a person. Let's take a bite out of it. A piece of that butt cheek meat. <laughs> would that be your, would that be the piece that you would go for? I don't know, man, because like, I've definitely been through the whole, like, I watch crazy shit about serial killers and stuff like that. I can't remember the dude's name, but he clearly, like, made a statement. He was like, of all the parts of the human that I've tried, like, adolescent butt cheek meat is the most tender. And I was like, that's a thing that I know now, and I don't know how I feel about it. You know what I'm saying? Do you like ribs in general? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I like especially if you get, like, the... Um, um, like if you've been to like Rio's or like Cowboys, oh, fuck like yeah. Yeah. so if you had the beef rib that they, they make, have you ever yeah. had that before? Yeah. I've like, tried. so they got those little pork ribs. Fuck those. No, but those like are good too. Beef rib is the, like, just, cause the shit melts in your mouth. dude. It's yeah. amazing. Imagine if it was just yeah. a little, 
Well, human rib. But there's still cows and shit right now, so I like don't have to eat eat people. Right, but there's chickens too. But if it's Walking Dead and like we're gonna die and like you're about to die, then I could probably eat. Well, yeah, you know, it's life or death. Yeah, that's that's a huge thing. But I just I don't know if I'd ever sit down and come to terms with let's eat a person today. You'd you'd feel guilty about it. I don't know. I mean, I think I think it's just feeling like weird about it, like because I'm used to eating. I guess animals and like other things like that. And so I guess it would be weird like sitting at a table with somebody eating somebody. <laughs> so I just, I guess unless I was actually there, I really don't know how I would behave in that. But I, 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 I do feel like I could safely tell you that if it came down to me eating someone or like I'm going to fucking die, like yeah. fire up the grill. Do all those Starbucks breakfast sandwiches just come frozen in a bag? Mm-hmm. Every single... The so, croissants, too. So, like, we have a bakery, like, where all that stuff is made, and then it's frozen, packaged, and sent to us. You don't have a bakery in your store. No, not in the store. Like, have you ever been to Chicago? Have you ever heard the name uh, Princey Bakery? Uh-uh. Um, so, Princey Bakery is, like, another faction of, like, us. So, a lot of our stuff is actually made by our company. So, it's not like we're getting it from some, like, weird baker that we just order off, like, a truck list. Like, it's all, like, Starbucks products. I always get iced coffee and I always get heavy cream and then some kind of sweetener. Switch to cold brew. Well, try I, that. I used to always get the cold brew. Always. Every day. Because I, I got a Starbucks thing. But every Starbucks I would go to when I would get the cold brew, either it would taste completely different from Starbucks to Starbucks or half of the time they'd be like, oh, we're out of it. So the problem with that now is as we started to bring in the nitro, like they're putting in this nitrogen system. And so the cold brew comes up, like we keg it up ourselves and then it comes up through a tap. So like if they ever have an issue with like the tap, then it's not going to be able to run out. And what I've noticed is, is a lot of places it's already kegged up. So they can't kind of go backwards. Used to be we brew it. And then we would have the concentrate in a pitcher. Yeah, that's what so I remember. Whenever you see the cups, the lines on the cups are there for different beverages. Nobody and fucking purposes. uses those lines, though. We all do. Man, it drives me crazy. Because I switched. Because I got so annoyed by expecting cold brew and then not having it. Mm-hmm. That I was like, well, they're always going to have iced coffee. But the iced coffee has... I know that you fill the coffee to the line. And then the cream to the next line. And then you just put ice in it. Mm -hmm. And that way, it should always taste the same, no matter where I go. But why does the iced coffee always taste so different every day? You know, I'm not sure. I I haven't experienced it taste different to me. (laughs) Okay. Um, The way, so that stuff. It's wildly different. It's already portioned as as opposed to like how we grind up beans and do the hot drip coffee. So like it's already ground in a bag. We pour it straight in the thing, put it in the machine. It comes out the drip. So it wouldn't even be more beans or less beans. Mm -mm. It's not the beans that are affected at all because we use like a nine ounce pack that's already ground. Um, specifically for your iced coffee. So, yep. So some dipshit is either putting too much or not enough flavoring in it, not going up to the right line or the wrong line. And they're just not mixing it correctly. That's literally what's happening. Like what someone is doing is different than what the person did for you the day before. 
And what's sad is, is that the train, like there's really no way to do that unless you just don't give a fuck about what you're doing in the moment. And I hate that. Um, try a nitro with sweet cream when you get a chance. Okay. And then if you like that, you can start like putting flavors and stuff in it if you want to. I don't put any shit in it. I just like the coffee, the cream and the sweetener. I don't like the oh, then that's perfect. Sweetener see, like powdered, see, powdered sweetener. So, so the now the when I say sweet cream, it's made with heavy cream, and Good. then a little bit of two percent. So it is thicker than two percent. It's not quite as viscous as like straight heavy. It cream. doesn't have any of the syrup. Pump it's got shit. vanilla syrup in it. Anything that you want to talk about while you're here? Um, to be honest, man, you you Jerry Maguire had old girl at hello. You had me at nostalgia. Um, I was super excited to come in and this went exactly like I was expecting to, cause you always start on something and you get on tangents and then come back in. And that's what makes really good, like podcast conversations. In my opinion, like those are the ones that feel more organic and like I feed into better because it's like you said, it's like, we're literally just sitting here having a conversation yeah, like we normally would. So it's no holds barred. Like you're going to be who you are. It's always the guest that changes every week yeah. so i think of it as more as like i hope that they come in and they can lead it at least not host it but they got you something really want them to feed off the topic that, that they want to talk about. yeah yeah and i mean I, I that's definitely what i was ready to do because you know you said talking about nostalgia and i think about how it like feeds into everything man like for me nostalgia is almost like how your sense of smell is tied to memory you know what I mean? You see something and it's not just, man, that was amazing when I was a kid, but like I'm immediately reminded of like where I was in life when that was a thing. Like, like I said, how me and my grandma used to watch certain shows, like certain shows make me think of that. Certain toys make me think of like on a Saturday, whenever me and my uncle would go on like an obnoxiously long walk when you should be catching buses and shit. But we would end up in places and like we'd find knickknacks or like, there were times like we would like dumpster dive when we were younger because my grandma used to collect cans and she would trade them in for money and then use the money to spend on us kids. When you go back and watch something or I mean, yeah, we'll just say watch. Are you enjoying it mostly because of the memory attached to it? Or do you actually still enjoy watching Alf? Like, does it still make so, you laugh? You know, you're not going to catch me watching, like, six episodes or, like, binge and Alf or something. But but it's one of those things where, like, if I'm flipping channels and one of those obscure channels is playing Alf, like, I'll get stuck. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, I kind of remember this one. So I'll enjoy the nostalgia of remembering that I enjoyed it. Um, I don't not enjoy Alf. That was kind of a weird example, to be honest, and I brought that up. I just thought it was a real deep cut. And, like, people be like, oh, fucking Alf, like. But, uh, but so like when I see it now, it, it does make me laugh because sometimes it's like, you know, that, 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 that joke aged well, or it'll be like, man, this is dated as fuck. A like, lot of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Some of that shit's like, wow. And so was... that's where a lot of the enjoyment comes from. But the fact that like, I still enjoy the character. I enjoy the fact that like, he was a part of who I was like growing up. And then again, like thinking about who I used to watch it with or like even like, TV dinners that don't exist anymore that were like your food staple when you were binging cartoons on Saturday. Just everything kind of interweaves into it for me. So again, it's not just toys or movies, but 
I mean, it's like food items or like, it could be like a saying, like, I mean, anything like that. Did you watch, did you watch that Kid 90 show on Hulu? Not yet. I want to just because I know it's probably, part of it's probably fucked up. It's it's one of the most depressing things I've watched in a long time. And I loved it. I loved it. How do you feel about Saved by the Bell? I used to watch a shit ton of it. Especially during the time slot. And that's another thing too, is a lot of some of the things we carry with us are because of specific time slots. Because a lot of kids were straight off the bus, in the door, fuck homework, cartoons. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but that I was very much like the X-Men, Batman anime series, Power Rangers. Like, all that shit was in like a Fox block. Yeah, right after it was. School. It was. I can scroll through Facebook without looking at the name of the person who's posting. I'm just looking at the post. And you can often figure out like who posted it. I always know when it's you. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I like it's like, that. I was like, Oh, I don't have to look. And then it's like, yep, yeah, Eddie, I have my moments, but for the most part, man, a lot of it is just stuff that makes me smile or makes me remember something. And I'm like, I wonder who remembers this too. Click. <laughs> and you, like, while you're talking about it, it's making you smile. Even thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I see it when you post it and I'm like, yeah, I remember this. And then it's like this feeling of like dead inside. (laughs) And so that's always the thing that's like, I wish I could connect. I want to try to find that connection because we liked the exact same shit 30 years ago. And you still still enjoy it and have a connection. And I feel like I'm just like, yeah, I remember that. It's like, oh, I wish that that gave me some sort of feeling. You know, I'm, but, I'm definitely going to think about, like, maybe some of the inner things that, like, probably, you know, connect to each other to create some of that feeling. I'll, I'll definitely... Did you have a happy childhood? Yeah, I mean, when I look back on my childhood, like, I can't identify any, like, negative periods of time. I mean, obviously, because life is life, I mean, there were some things that were like, man, this sucks. But, like, I mean, I had a I had a good life at home. I had a good relationship with my parents. Uh, I had a good relationship with my siblings. Um, yeah, I mean, it, like I said, I mean, apart from being poor, like, things weren't too bad you know what I mean like I, I'm pretty thankful for that like I, I didn't really get fucked up in the head until later in life after actually getting out and experiencing some things on my own that weren't in such a safe space you know what I mean it drags so, you down yeah yeah 